Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to yet another Chair Shots to the Cranium interview. I am super pumped about my guest today, Johnny Morrison, a.k.a. Johnny Impact, a.k.a. Johnny Mundo. Very excited to have him as my guest on the show this week. Before I get into that, let me remind you, go follow us on Instagram and on Twitter. It's Chair, the number two, Cranium, Chair 2 Cranium on Instagram and on Twitter. Also, follow us on Facebook. You can also subscribe to listen to Cheer Shots to the Cranium on all the major platforms, Spotify, Google, Apple, SoundCloud, and also on YouTube. So hit that little bell, get some reminders as to when we'll have new shows coming out. Just recently put out a Cranium Correspondence on the latest happenings in professional wrestling. Check those out. Also do predictions for every pay-per-view. Myself and my daughter Addison, we've got a, a tally of wins and losses. See who's winning, see who's losing. Find out who comes up out on top on every pay-per-view. It's very exciting. You can also visit the website, chairshotstothecranium.com. Again, chairshotstothecranium.com. On there, you can buy your very own Chair Shots to the Cranium merch. You don't want to miss your opportunity to style in one of these awesome T-shirts around your town. So again, chairshotstothecranium.com. All right, without any hesitation, let's jump right into my interview with the one and only Johnny Impact. My guest on Chair Shots to the Cranium Interviews is one of the most entertaining, exciting, and talented superstars in professional wrestling, television, and films. He's held titles such as the WWE Intercontinental Championship, the WWE Tag Team Championships, ECW World Championship, and most recently the Impact World Championship. He's also known for his tremendous success in Lucha Underground, and he's now part of the exciting roster at Universal Championship Wrestling. Fans, it is my honor and pleasure to speak with the one and only Johnny Impact, FKA John Morrison. John, thank you so much for being a guest on our podcast today. How are you? Doing great, thanks for having me. Um, man, like, uh, as I was just saying when I called, over the last five minutes it went from uh, sunny in L.A. to now pouring rain, and I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm in my car uh, on, the, on the freeway sitting in traffic, which is, uh, I don't know, just interesting. I feel like everything that could have gone wrong with this podcast uh, has so far, <laughs> well, <laughs> as far as connecting and reception. Yeah, I had, but, some, uh, uh, had some reception issues yesterday and had some computer problems this, uh, just a little bit ago, so yeah, it's been a little bit of a challenging uh, interview, to say the least, but I really do appreciate your uh, patience. In the world of wrestling, though, uh, people are uh, no stranger to uh, making chicken soup out of chicken shit. No, and, um, no doubt. I'm glad to talk about uh, UCW, and, uh, and hey... Who doesn't love talking about themselves, huh? Yeah, no doubt about it. <laughs> now, you recently agreed to work with Universal Championship Wrestling. The owner, Ryan Gossett, has set up a wrestling company that it, it prides itself on the tradition of wrestling business as well as the outstanding talent of today. Your wife, Taya Valkyrie, has also appeared on several UCW shows. So for what you've heard from her and from what you've heard from other people about the company, what are your thoughts on their style of professional wrestling? I'm really excited to uh, hit Greenville, South Carolina this Saturday, May 25th, like a bank of quarters in a strip club for uh, UCW um, because of uh, everything that I've heard about UCW. And um, I heard a lot of good things about Ronnie before I talked to him, and now him and I have talked quite a bit. Um, tagging with PJ Black this Saturday, and um, he put over Ronnie and the company. 
And um, Kevin Sullivan, who's a, a friend of mine, has, has said a lot of good things about this company too. It's it's on the rise. And I have, uh, of course, my most trusted source, um, my wife, Ty Valkyrie, uh, has, has been at UCW University Championship Wrestling uh, several times, and uh, she loves it there. Now I'm, I'm stoked to, uh, to make my debut this weekend. Well, speaking of this weekend, you have a block. We have a blockbuster show lined up. Again, it's May 25th at the Croc Center in Greenville, South Carolina. You'll be teaming up, like you said earlier, with PJ Black as Worldwide Underground to take on former Universal Heavyweight Champion Johnny Swinger and former Impact Wrestling star Caleb Conley. What do you know about your opponents this Saturday, and what can fans in Greenville, South Carolina, expect to see from this match? Um, I've always been impressed with Caleb Conley, but uh, lately seems like uh, he's been doing CrossFit or hit the gym <laughs> eight days a week because uh, he's, he's ripped his dicks now. And uh, he's, a, he's a formidable opponent and, uh, and, a, and a good guy. Looking forward to taking him to Slamtown. Uh, Johnny Swinger, I've known for a long time. Most people in the wrestling business at some point <laughs> cross paths with one another. Uh, this is going to be the first time I've been in the ring with Johnny Swinger. I'm looking forward to it. But uh, to be honest, I don't think he stands a chance. If we're just going by... Uh, sheer names I've got uh, what 10 times more Johnny names than Johnny Swinger Whew. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I I think uh, another thing that I'm looking forward to this weekend is uh, seeing a buddy of mine Tony Atlas and I think one thing that UCW has been doing that uh, I know uh, I've heard from even a couple of fans that they appreciate is this mix of old school wrestlers like, like Tony Atlas and current wrestlers like uh, PJ Black, myself, Caleb, and um, this blend of old school and new school is, I think, the ticket right now because there's so many different kinds of wrestling that um, when you have a show like uh, Memorial Mayhem, <laughs> like, uh, like UCW is going to put on, the best way to do it is to have matches that uh, fit different wrestling preferences. Old school, new school, comedy, high-flying, hard-hitting. I mean, I guess I'm kind of all of that, but <laughs> uh, but you know what I mean. I agree 100%. It's going to be a fantastic show. And UCW, and I've mentioned this before in past interviews with UCW superstars, the the, the formula that Ron Gossett has put together uh, with the help of so many people as well is unique and it's entertaining and it's, it's something you've you got to check out. And bringing somebody in like yourself – uh, this weekend is making this show unbelievable. So whatever you have to do to get a ticket to it, you need to do it. It's this Saturday. You do not want to miss this unbelievable show. I'd like to travel back in time with you just a little bit, if we could, and talk a little bit about your career and how, it's, how it first started. Your big break came with Tough Enough, and then you went on to, to work in, in, in Ohio Valley Wrestling. How did the Tough Enough experience happen for you? How did this whole professional wrestling thing come about for you? Well, I imagine... Like most professional wrestlers, I was a big fan of wrestling growing up. I watched it uh, every weekend. I went to see uh, WBF shows at the time at the Great Western Forum in uh, Los Angeles when they were in town. And it was it was one of the first things that I really bonded with uh, my circle of friends with when I was young. And um, we'd watch wrestling and then we'd go out to uh, each other's front or backyards and beat the crap out of each other and put each other in Boston crabs and camel clutches. <laughs> um, then uh, I started uh, wrestling in high school. I uh, I was wrestling at UC Davis. I switched and started doing film, and um, and still I was rolling 
about uh, practicing jits and kicks and different kinds of martial arts. But um, I never really considered professional wrestling as a like a full-time career until I saw Tough Enough the first season. And when I did, like, uh, it was kind of an epiphany for me because I've been training all these skills that are almost tailor-made for professional wrestling. And professional wrestling was the thing that I liked the most as a kid. And really, like, to this day, is like the thing that I follow. I'm not really a sports guy. My pastime, if I have time to watch something, it's professional wrestling. And um, when I, I saw Tough Enough 1, it was like a the bell ringed in my head. Um, you know, like a chair shuts the cranium. <laughs> and, yeah, good, uh, good I decided, to, yeah, I decided to, uh, submit and I tried for Tough Enough 2, didn't make it, tried again for Tough Enough 3 and, um, ended up making it on the show. And I think, um, by that time I'd already started training a little bit in, uh, Sacramento at a place called Supreme Pro Wrestling while I was, uh, still a student at UC Davis. And, um, I felt very well prepared for Tough Enough Season 3. And uh, it ended up working out for me. And just it was like a, that show tough enough, man. If I could sum it up in one word, I'd say opportunity. And um, I was really lucky to get the opportunity. But when I got it, I took it. Of course, you went on to compete with Joey Mercury as Eminem, and you held several tag team titles together. You also had a great run as a tag team champions with The Miz, as everyone everyone knows. Held the IC title on three different occasions, and you're also the ECW champion, like I mentioned in my opening statement. Out of all of those experiences in WWE, what did you say? What could you say you enjoyed the most? Man, it's like a, I don't know. It's like comparing a, a hammer strength bench press to a hammer strength back machine. <laughs> uh, it's tough because <laughs> uh, I, I loved them all for for different reasons. When I was uh, tagging with Joey, he was uh, already at that time, even though we were the same age, a ten year vet, and um to this day has one of the best minds for wrestling of anyone in the business that I've come across. So I felt like I was tagging with someone who felt like a mentor to me, wrestling wise, psychology wise, and uh, a best friend to me, which was awesome. I can't imagine a better way to, to start on the road with WWE. When I was tagging with Miz at the beginning, I feel like the, the situation was, was reversed. Um, not that, uh, that Miz didn't have experience or, uh, that he hadn't, uh, been with the company long enough to know what he was doing but i had a uh, several years of training ahead of miz and it felt like i was the mentor and um instead of a similar type personality our energies were completely different and i think uh, i really enjoyed what that created it was like two different personalities with the same goals um and it was, it was fun to talk trash and stuff and i feel like i came out of my my shell um character personality wise a lot tagging with the miz so much so that I don't know if I, Miz and uh, Maurice are uh, expecting another child, and then Miz told me that uh, if it's a boy, he was going to name the boy Nitro. Nice. <laughs> what an honor that would be, right? I think he's probably going to name him Nitro. It's on the. I don't know. They're, they're discussing, but you know how that stuff is. Hey, you can't blame also, him. Well, the wife, the wife probably has the uh, Maurice probably has the veto power, but um, I know that's really in his heart what Miz wants. A little, little baby Nitro. <laughs> when you look back on that Tom is there anything you could say that you do differently oh man that's so tough like playing that what if hindsight game right. um, yeah there, I mean there's tons of things there's like so many things that I would have done differently I mean anyone can say that about their life in general but um, ultimately like I don't like playing that game too much because uh, 
I don't think it really gets you anywhere. I think there's the better way to look at it is when you look back at your career, there's a, there's a lot of mistakes that, I mean, certainly that I made that everyone makes. And um, instead of like thinking about, oh, I wish this or I wish that, it just think about what I did wrong that I would have done better and uh, use that for the future. In the ring, backstage, any anybody that really stood out that you really enjoyed working with? That's another tricky question because, I mean, getting to WWE and um, keeping your spot on the road is, is so difficult that usually I feel like you got to be pretty damn good and uh, pretty easy to get along with if you're going to be up there. Um, so, I mean, Miz, Jeff Hardy, Rey Mysterio, Eddie Guerrero, CM Punk, Jericho, Edge. Um, it's it's tough because uh, all these people uh, I learned so much from, and they're all so different that it's again, it's like hard to say. You know, it's hard to compare and say uh, which person I like the best because right. that uh, that changes. <laughs> I usually feel like whoever I'm wrestling is my favorite. You know what I mean? That uh, right. It, it just a. Uh, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm just kind of a fun, you know, fun-loving, optimistic person. I like getting goofy and being all in on whatever I'm doing because I usually figure that makes uh, leads to the best results. But um, it's, uh, it's really how I feel. Let's talk about your time with Lucha Underground. How has your time there changed you, not only as a person, but as a professional wrestler? Um, I feel like when I started at Lucha Underground, I had a lot of... Uh, old school WWE psychology just kind of like that was that's all I kind of really knew and it had a exposure to I'd done um, plenty of wrestling outside WWE at that point in 2014 but um, being around uh, all the luchadors from AAA and um, all the independent workers and uh, working with Lucha Underground in a uh, in an environment where you're cranking out a lot of TV fast and there's not a lot of time for deliberation and I'm you're doing sometimes five episodes of wrestling in, in two days of a taping in front of a live crowd. So um, it's almost like this immersion kind of opened my mind to a lot of different uh, ideas about psychology and really uh, made me realize that uh, for me personally, I've continued to level up my physical ability. And I didn't necessarily think that was possible 10 years ago, but if you break down movements and you think about it in terms of movements aren't just strictly about raw power and um, strength. There's a lot of balance, coordination, muscle memory, and a lot of mental aspects to uh, mastering new moves, or sometimes I like to call it uh, unlocking new movements. At Lucha Underground, I realized that's possible. It's possible for me now. It's probably going to be possible for me for the next 10, 20 years, as long as I stay at it. And I, I feel like the same is true for for anybody. Well, talk to me about the storytelling that Lucha Underground uses. And do you feel like more wrestling promotions should use this style or at least have a more interesting style of storytelling? One of the things that attracted me to Lucha Underground the most was uh, their theory of storytelling, which was a kind of a blend of a gritty grindhouse action film with professional wrestling mm -hmm. and um i really dug the uh the way they told their stories and they really had this creative vision that was a little bit far out there further out than most for no i mean probably further out than any other promotion 
that's ever had a TV product and, and been on the air for that long. Um, dragons and demons and people getting murdered and sons of owners. Like it's a, it was a, it's pretty intense and cool. As far as uh, do I think other promotions should incorporate that? I mean, parts of it, yeah. I enjoyed the the detail and uh, the production value of the vignettes, but I feel like each wrestling promotion has its own specific identity, and I don't think most of them could or really even should try to pull off a supernatural dragons and, and mystical medallions and gauntlets of power. Right. Because it just might not fit with the specific universe. The, I mean, the best thing to do is according to your promotion's identity or what you uh, want to put out there. I think that's the uh, the theme or the tone of your, your stories and characters. And um, production value-wise, yeah, it'd be great if, uh, if a wrestling promotion spent a lot more time on the on the backstage vignettes that stitch the show together, sure. As I mentioned in my opening statement, you've experienced great success as an actor. Uh, last year, you appeared on Survivor. How was that experience, and how did that opportunity present itself for you? Man, um, so I was contacted by uh, casting for The Amazing Race. They were interested in a uh, couple that were both professional wrestlers and were very excited about having me and uh, my at the time fiance Ty Valkyrie on the next season of The Amazing Race um, everything went really well with that for a week or two until they realized Ty was Canadian and didn't have an American passport and they said because it's a travel show or something that's a complete deal breaker mm. and um, maybe at some point in the future they'll we could bring that up again and, and talk but um, after that I uh, kind of offhandedly asked about Survivor because I'd always been a fan of that show too and I know that the uh, I think it's the same MGM does uh, Survivor Big Brother and Amazing Race it's all on CBS and um, when I asked about Survivor the, the guy from casting that I was talking to Jesse was uh, kind of surprised and stoked and said uh, yeah you're interested in that absolutely you still gotta go through the casting process and I did and um, ended up getting on the show and uh I don't know. That Survivor, we need like an hour to talk about everything that happened on there. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the best way to sum it up is that it was a very authentic. It was difficult. Like, it's it's not bullshit. You're starving and freezing. And um, everybody's kind of walking on eggshells because you're nervous about who's going home. But uh, you learn a lot about yourself and people. And it's a... A unique experience that I value highly. I had a, had a great time out there, and um, I don't know if I'll ever play again. But uh, the season thirty-seven, David versus Goliath. I'm still friends with that cast. Um, we have our big like what, WhatsApp uh, text group, and I feel like I got a lot of uh, friends that are going to last a lifetime out of the experience with the cast, and I learned a lot about myself. So I think that's the best way to sum it up. So what other irons do you have in the fire currently for your uh, acting career, or can you talk about that? Man, um, let's see. I got a ton of <laughs> I got a ton of irons in the fire. I've been developing a lot and writing a lot. I'm uh, working on finishing something currently that I, I shot last year. It's a, it's a horror short that ended up, it's going to be over 20 minutes, so not that short, that uh, Ty and I wrote on our honeymoon. It's a... Uh, 
we should do a separate interview about it in a this fall. It's called the Iron Sheet Massacre. It's a uh, title's kind of self-explanatory, but um, let's let's talk more in, in a I don't know this fall about that. That sounds great. And, uh, aside from that, um, you know, I, I, man, I could I could tell you about all my weird projects forever, but uh, sometimes I feel dumb talking about all the stuff that I've written and all the beat sheets and scripts and all the things that I have on my computer because having it something written doesn't make it real and uh having all the options is important i've learned from uh from pitch meetings because you never know when you're in the room pitching somebody what uh they might like or not like so where do you see your acting career in the near future is this something you want to make a full-time career out of if we had to go into a delorean doc brown's here with us he transports us to the future and we got to look at your 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 acting career in the future what would you want to see you know, it's uh, it's tricky because I've learned a lot about like the the business since I left WWE at the end of 2011. Um, specifically, I feel like the projects I have the most fun on are uh, lower budget, not necessarily low low budget, but lower budget things in which I can have a lot of creative control in. So if I could do exactly whatever I wanted in acting. It'd be nice to make a, be like a two to five million dollar movie once or twice a year, and still stick to uh, wrestling because they really I haven't really done anything in my life that's as cool as professional wrestling. You tell this story, you, you go to battle with uh, somebody in the ring, and everything that you're doing that you're creating happens live, and it's out there and it's done. Um, film and TV the stories that you can tell can be more nuanced sometimes and um, last longer and not necessarily involve uh, hitting each other with uh, chair shots to the cranium another great reference hey man I I appreciate that but it's uh, it it takes a long time you know like uh, when I when I did Boone from writing it to sitting in a theater the very first screening and watching it with people I was I don't know, four and a half years, and then another uh, almost, uh, six months to a year later was when the movie was done and it was out, and I was sitting in a screening with the finished product. So it's a it's a cool process. It's just uh, a lot of uh, it's a lot of work to get your story told and get it out there. All right, John. This is the I'm gonna conclude the interview with the cranium shot portion of the interview. I'm gonna mention a name. His name could be from your past or present. You give me a one-word answer, several-word answer, whatever comes in mind, okay? Okay. Sheldon Benjamin. Black Gold. CM Punk. Mm. Evil Genius. Jack Swagger. The nicest badass I know. Dolph Ziggler. Always on always funny and um, always laughing at, uh, at something even if uh, his neck is messed up and he's got nerve damage or whatever he's, he's still laughing about it and that's something I value people alright finally Ray Mysterio the goat <laughs> uh, man one of the greatest of all time and um, literally uh, somebody that I model outside of like wrestling um life after I uh 
lot of times um, when I, Ty and I, over the past couple of years, we're dealing with uh, wrestling scenarios that sometimes are like difficult or frustrating. Um, I always uh, ask her what Ray would do. WWRD, what would Ray do? Um, <laughs> and because uh, Ray just deals with everything in a positive mood. Um, he's happy. He never gets pissed. His matches are awesome. Everybody likes him. It's a he's got a, a family, like a a wife and kids, and I don't know. It's a, he really did it right. Well, John, thank you so much so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to speak with me. It's been an absolute honor. I cannot thank you enough. Uh, and fans, do not miss your opportunity to meet John and see him in action. Make sure you buy a ticket to Universal Championship Wrestling's Memorial Mayhem show taking place this Saturday, May the 25th, in the beautiful town of Greenville, South Carolina. Buying a ticket is very easy. Go to their website at ucwtv.com. Again, that's ucwtv.com. You can also follow Universal Championship Wrestling on social media at UCWTV to find out more about this fantastic independent wrestling company. Again, John, congratulations on a very successful pro wrestling career and movie and film career and for being part of Universal Championship Wrestling. Again, I cannot thank you enough. Thanks for having me, bro. Anytime you want the mayor of Slamtown back, you got my number. Sounds great, man. Thank you. <laughs>